He's got, there's going to be a whole division full of people missing an arm. I like the idea that it's actually just 20 of them, but he's taken both arms off them all. So there's just these 20 whites wandering about with arms. But there was still a bit of me. Which is, oh, he fell off. Oh, that's inconvenient for everybody, isn't it? Anyway. <laughs> Imagine. Daenerys returning to, returning to Winterfell. Where's John? Okay. Hear me out here, okay? <laughs> I'd like to if it just got over to Bran and been like, uh, still mates though, right? <laughs> Bran! Hiya! Hello, welcome to Shark Live Royal. I'm Matt. I'm Dave, hello. And about that time, Dave, it's come <laughs> round again. I love that you say that as though it's a regular occurrence. Mm-hmm. This is like, I've been sitting here waiting for, was it 19 months, something like that, since the end of the last series? I had to go back and remind... I had to read Wikipedia to remind myself of everything that happened in the last series. <laughs> a 19th month wait in Game of Thrones world is a mere blink of an eye <laughs> compared nothing. to the books. So <laughs> That's amazing. Winter is coming, but the winds of winter, no chance. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we are back on Game of Thrones. Uh, obviously, the winds of winter still to arrive as dave so says so in the meantime um we're going to do well to be honest to give us a a good chance of a sense of closure on game of thrones as well (laughs) we're doing the series as well just in case george doesn't get round to to finishing the books ever uh so this is our this is going to be our series going through the 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 last the last season of game of thrones season eight today is episode one winterfell um, mm. Now, we all know where we're up to, don't we? Um, for, for anyone who do, sort of has forgot. Do we? I feel like that is a slightly flip way of blowing past the massive complexity that of me and my wife pausing this episode once <laughs> an average of once every two and a half minutes to go, now hang on a moment, because what happened last time? Oh, yeah, no, because, okay, right, because she kissed him but then killed the other one and then mm. had something to do with his bollocks. And then there was a dragon and some burning and... And we had to stop every two minutes to do that. So I I, I like your confidence in us, Matt, but I feel like we might need a bit of a recap. Yeah, well, we'll take it slow going through this one then, uh, the first first episode. But, um, I mean, in a nutshell, they went north... Uh, the, 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 the the lads down south they went, basically the collection went north <laughs> got, got a white but lost a dragon um, and then got some shaky promise from Cersei who sort of drummed her fingers together and said I'll help and then I was going to touch the doom and, uh, yes then, you yeah. can trust me and then the Night King resurrected a dragon and, and, and south they went through the wall lads on tour winter fell away lads, lads on tour that, Matt, I'll tell you what, I can't work out if that is a remarkably adept summary or if that's just, if you zoom far enough out from Game of Thrones, you can basically go, there were some lads, they walked a bit, there was a thing, dragon, dragon, bit of death, lads on tour. If that's actually a reasonable summary of the entire series when you zoomed out far enough. If you think you can do better, Podcast at gmail.com is the uh, email address to get in touch with us. We'll be taking your feedback all the way through. Um, so please go there. Or you can get us on Twitter at Shark Liver Oil. So get in touch that way. And now we'll get into the series and the episode. Winterfell. Whoop. We start, we start, Dave. And before we even get into sort of... I, I, my hand 
was I, I, I'll, I'll be honest when I, when this started the HBO thing came up and my finger is hovering over the like skip forward button like a contestant on a game show just getting ready to get past the get past the intro but yeah, no bleh, bleh, bleh. new intro um the the, the whole the whole sort of the whole sort of intro is, is changed we mm. normally do this sort of like swirly look around the map to give us an idea of all the different places we're going to that's yeah. less of an issue now we've basically got a, a wall <laughs> with a hole in it Winterfell and King's Landing. That's not really it, much it. else to look at. <laughs> That's it, because you can't really animate, even in that lovely way that they have animated the opening sequence still, you can't really animate the words, basically everybody else is dead. <laughs> That's just, that, that that lacks a certain je ne sais quoi, so they just kind of go into, instead of this, here's the whole nation, it's like, have we shown you the second broom cupboard on the third floor of the left tower at Winterfell? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I really like this. I, th- I, I thought it was, yeah, it was nice yeah. to get a bit of extra... Extra detail. So, you, as you say, as you said, you zoom through both Winterfell and King's Landing, showing you a few yeah. of the different places. So, you, you go down to the crypts and 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 the the Great Hall in Winterfell and the Godswood, I think. And then over at King's Landing, you sort of swoop through the Red Keep and see the the Dragon Skulls in the dungeon, and then up to the throne room as well. Really got yeah. me, really got me ready for it. Really got me going. I agree with that, and I actually thought like they were. It was really interesting. I sort of wish they'd done this throughout because so much of this stuff depends upon what castles feel like and how you can overhear things and what's going down. Mm. And obviously there's only a certain amount of screen time you've got. So they haven't done this in the past and they've done the sort of putting you in context at the national level instead. But I quite, I did really like this. It sort of gave you a sense of Winterfell as a city Mm. and King's Landing as a city. Um, And it looked, yeah, it just looked really dope. Like, I really, really located me again. Even though, as I say, it is because we have all these massive tangle of plot lines, which are now utterly meaningless. (laughs) Uh, Which is why we're able to spend this much time in these three locations. You got a... um you got a sense of sort of the how tight more tight the the series is going to be as well now with just those two yeah. locations and yeah. also i thought it was quite good of the you start off zooming through the wall with a hole in it and then this sort of blue almost like flood goes past the last half and yeah. that's i think i assume that's just shows sort of the progress of where the uh where the night king's up to as well I wonder if that's going to continue as the as the series goes on do you know what? I, I didn't notice that, but that actually really helps me with the scene later on with the Wildings and the, the uh, Brotherhood Without Banners and the uh, Night's Watch, hmm. where they're all sort of up north. And there's kind of, they have to put a bit of dialogue in there that's like, you know, we're sort of behind enemy lines at this point. And I was a bit confused about how they got there and why hmm. this was being presented. Um, but... Uh, yeah, but actually that makes a lot of sense. Like it's the if you if I'm supposed to be paying attention to the credits, as you say, that's a new experience for me, but I am keen. <laughs> if they're using it for storytelling, I'm on board. The um also the, the little sort of uh symbols and you know, the little pit picture story um which mm. is which is on the little banners, um, is changed now. So it's rather rather it used to be so the the history of the original like Robert's Rebellion. No, the pictures are showing sort of the, the the history of the series, if you like, and I quite like that. How we're seeing what we've seen sort of pass into the sort of legend, mm. which is quite good. Um, yes, that's true. Actually, I really like that sort of um, that 
that thing that we have been watching something momentous happen, and mm. that's why we've taken all this time over it. Because like, I've had a fair amount of fun at the sort of glacial pace of storytelling at a certain point, and I'm still not convinced that this isn't going to end up feeling overall really unbalanced, quite slow, and then everything just finishes in a few episodes. But um, but it is worth taking the time over the backstory because it's 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 a huge historical event in this history, you know. Mm. Yeah. But yes, he starts with a, um, a little kid running to sort of get a, a good view of the arrival of a, sort of a, a royal party. This is just like the very start of the first series where yeah. Bran's running around sort of trying to get a good view of, of the arrival of the king. Um, yeah. He even yeah. climbs a little, sort of to get a bit of an advantage point. And you see all these unsullied marching towards the towards the city and you get a sense of the scale um, and also, I just thought they must be freezing because that that kind of that <laughs> yeah, kind of that outfit, is is, yeah, that outfit is best suited to sort of down south or yeah, further. Yeah, yeah, know? yeah. <laughs> Easy, manoeuvrable, lightweight, great for when you need to just mess up some fools with a spear. Not fantastic for operations behind enemy lines in the middle of winter. I, I do feel a bit for Grey Worm there. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what though. Uh, this is a um, my again. I watched this last night with my wife, and I felt a bit like. There was a, like, her first response to seeing this kid running around and getting all this screen time is, oh, right, so what awful thing is going to happen to this kid then? <laughs> and, and while the rest of the episode validated very much that, uh, that, that, uh, that belief, I, I wanted to ask a question, which was, because they've done that so much, is that a strength of Game of Thrones or is it a weakness that you can't have them take a kind of contemplative pace over setting something up without you going, oh, well, what you're telling me here is that he's going to die horribly. Hmm. Like, is that is that just, just us? Because I sort of agreed with her that I was a bit like, I'm not going to be as invested in this as you want me to be because I know what you do to characters that you spend a lot of time with the camera on them that I've never met before and the thing is that they die. Hmm. Um, is that... It, would you agree with that, or am I just being a wuss? Well, I, I didn't. I didn't think that when I watched. I, I sort of that. That's not exactly um, sort of initially where I thought. But I think if you do think that, if the show has made you think that, I do think it's a problem because I think you're yeah. right. That does reduce you if you're sort of going into it, sort of with your arms cr- across your chest, I suppose, waiting for the next blow. I, I, I do think that's going to that's going to limit how much you get out of it. So yeah, I do think if the series has made you feel that. That is a bit of a shortcoming in the series. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, all right. That's good. It's good to know that I'm not just sort of I'm a bit mental, and I am mm. sort of trying to go in with a sort of open stance towards it. But there's definitely an extent to which, if there's a character I haven't met before <laughs> who's getting more than three seconds in a single shot, I know that character is going to be killed horribly by the end of the episode, and I just it loses the tension of that, or it mm. becomes more about dread than it does about tension. Mm. It's like it's like it's like if Chekhov's gun was never unfired. If the mm. first time you saw Chekhov's gun was it was just spraying bullets all over the stage, mm. like that's the that's what I think they've kind of done here. But yeah. however, however, plenty of other stuff for me to be into. Um, Aya is um, standing there, like waiting for everyone to come up, and she sees sort of a load of she sees a load of people who have who have been quite significant figures in the past. So she sees John. She nearly calls out to him. It doesn't. 
then just sees yeah. the hound and she's like, what the fuck's he doing here? And, and B, yeah. isn't he dead? And then, yeah. she's, and then she sees Gendry and she's like, where am I? What's going on? Yeah. I And the thing is, I like I had to work really hard to remember why she was having those facial expressions. And Maisie Williams is amazing for precisely that reason, because she can remind me that this whole backstory has happened in a single sort of flick of the eyebrow, which is great. Hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, like it was, it kind of made me regret that I didn't do a sort of 72 hour marathon of catching back up on everything that's happened in games, Game of Thrones to this point. <laughs> um, so that I could really feel the fucking hell. Cause all I, all I was really remembering, I was watching it going, Oh yeah, no, didn't some shit went down, didn't it? <laughs> and then that shit went down. And then how long has it been since she saw him? Cause there's a big difference between I haven't seen you for seven series and I haven't seen you for two series, you know? Mm. Yeah. Um, and the, the the Jon Snow scene she gets later on is actually flipping great for that reason. But um, uh, yeah, like I kind of I sort of what I needed Matt was I needed you next to me just narrating the significance of all these glances because all <laughs> I was getting at the time was just oh that's a big deal. Can't remember why, but I uh, fucking big deal. Excellent stuff. <laughs> that's funny because in in House Matt we um we, as part of the build up <laughs> House Matt. Please tell me that you've got T-shirts, by the way. House map, <laughs> that's what I need. Yeah, we, we we didn't we didn't see every episode, obviously, because that would be well, which does not affair us in the day for us. But we did a, a <laughs> bit of a sort of canter through, sort of. We basically watched episode nine of every season and, and one or two <laughs> either side as well, like any that looked particularly like interesting. So we, we watched about we watched about a season, like probably like ten. 10 or 12 yeah. episodes, but spread across seven seasons. Just sort of the best bits. <laughs> that's incredible. Good. First of all, that's amazing. You've got to tweet out the viewing order that you did for that to get like to get caught up on it. Oh, yeah. Uh, on the Charlotte Live Royal account. Yeah. But but also, like, choosing episode nine in every previous episode of Game of Thrones, it's like, that's like the fucking the, the violence aversion scene from A Clockwork Orange. <laughs> you must have sat there at the end of it just rocking back and forth, terrified to step out of your own front door. <laughs> It was quite intense, yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, um, so that, that then we zoom into the like the little carriage where Tyrion and Varys are riding. They have a bit of a sort of frozen ball unit gag again. I always find these a little bit, a little bit sort of tiresome. Actually, I always think Tyrion's better than this. But anyway, <laughs> but he's clearly not. Well, and but Varys also does, doesn't he? He's like he's like absolutely calls him out on that, and Tyrion's just like, you know what? Cheap joke's gonna cheap joke, my friend. That's just that's what I've got. I'm cold. I'm tiny. This is happening, yeah. and just sort of cracks it right back out. Um, I do still like this bromance, though. I like that they started it there because I honestly I could watch a spin-off sitcom with these two characters all day. <laughs> um, the we get a few sort of shots of Northerners just looking at the the people arriving, like and staring at Daenerys, not looking particularly friendly. Um, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I'm an, I, I thought they, they were, that was quite a welcoming face. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By comparison. <laughs> That's really funny. I did, like, I, yeah, I also was looking at that. My thing was, though, is I could just see everybody along the route just on looking, going, she's wearing a white coat. She's wearing, That's a really stupid thing to what that is a posh coat, Adam. That is a big coat, and no mistake. <laughs> um, and then, then they get distracted, obviously, by the fact that two dragons start swooping around, and um, and Daenerys <laughs> is like, "Yeah, see, hmm. yeah, yeah. I don't need your warm community welcome. I have dragons. Lock up your goats, though it won't make a difference." 
<laughs> they get to the courtyard um, and we have the reunion of Bran and John. Um, John gets to experience firsthand sort of <laughs> what Bran's become. Um, we, we also did you see this in the background? There's sort of Sansa standing there as well, and just behind there's a little emo pod. Um, he's got a new haircut. It looks, it looks really? a little bit emo. Oh, I completely yeah. missed that. Oh, get ready oh, for it. Yeah, gutted. Oh, because and this is the first opportunity I have to highlight the uh, foolhardy prediction that I've made for the end of Game of Thrones, which I'm doubling down on here. Pod for the Iron Throne. Pod <laughs> for the Iron Throne. It's happening, people. Everybody else is going to get zombified. Mm. Going to fight them off. Much like Arya Stark, I have a list, and at the end of this podcast, we're going to have a quick rundown of it and make our own predictions as to what's oh, going to happen brilliant, with the brilliant, characters. Brilliant. Okay. Uh, this is worth saying now, and I'll say this again before the end. We we have no idea what's going to happen, but we're just going to make our best guesses. And I thought it might be fun just to sort of track yeah. that every week as we go now, because as we get into I, the end game. Absolutely, I'm keen for that. Although I do like the idea that we have to put a disclaimer on it, saying that we don't actually have inside view on the media event of the year. Like <laughs> we, neither of us have been to bed with D.V. Weiss or David Benioff. We don't know. This is all speculation. <laughs> Um, we go to oh yeah, this sort of we have this little meeting of Daenerys and Sansa, and Sansa's quite icy. Um, Daenerys tries the whole "you're so beautiful" and "your land is so beautiful," and Sansa's a bit sort of you know cut the bullshit. Yeah, okay, you're yeah. here. I don't exactly That's like great. it, but you can have the Welcome. best. You can have the best room, seeing as you're the queen. Yeah. <laughs> seeing as you're the queen. No, exactly. <laughs> I um, I find I found this a little bit. Like, Sansa's sticking on a lot of side here. Like, she's she's giving it the full-on Ice Queen thing. And I have to say, I'm not wholly sure she's earned it. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm glad she's still alive, because she's a sympathetic character, just about. But she's giving it a lot of, you know, I am in charge, and this is the way it is, and I am the best, and I know best for everybody. And as we know... The unofficial subtitle of the entire Song of Ice and Fire cycle is Sansa Stark's Poor Life Choices. So mm. I'm not quite sure where she's getting the confidence to be like, politically speaking, madam, I have savvy above yours. So, yeah, nice mm. bedroom, but don't go ordering sandwiches in the middle of the night from the kitchen, eh? <laughs> yeah, I, I, my first impression was the same. Like, because there's such a power imbalance, you think... Um, Maybe you should be a little bit more respectful because she's clearly much more powerful than you. But <laughs> she's got two flying nukes with her <laughs> to answer by name. But at the same time, I think she is Sansa is here doing a good job of sort of representing how the North feels. Like she's basically doing the leader version of what all those faces were doing when they were watching Daenerys arrive. She really uh, is in touch, you know, she's in touch with public opinion, put it that way. <laughs> she, she's basically what the yeah. Northerners are feeling at the moment. Um, yeah, that is that is yeah. actually solid, that's true. Yeah. And, not, and not for nothing, that, that the last time like they did anything, the North, they basically said, we've got our own king, and then John basically changed his mind, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah although I am, as you can well imagine, bang alongside the decision that John made in that situation. Like, and the argument that he makes in the next scene is great, where he's like, look, you made me the king, and I made the decision to defend the North rather than the crown. Hmm. You know, fucking shoot me, if you like. Like, it's, it's such a great comeback to all of this kind of, oh, where's the North? We've got to have kings. Yeah, bloody kings. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Bran sort of 
just barrels in here as this as this all the introductions are happening and just says we don't have time for this a we don't have time for this b the night king's past the wall and c he's got a he's got a sort of he's got a dragon now and I, no one comments on this nobody's <laughs> like on. are you fucking kidding a dragon he's got a dragon i was not aware of that this feels like a national security thing that you would probably keep further under wraps <laughs> I also, by the way, I like the fact that Bran's first contribution is the phrase, we don't have time for this, when he's going to spend the rest of the episode, and I'll lay money, the rest of the series, saying what needs to be said in the least direct, most gnomic and slow way imaginable. Because for the rest of this episode, his role is to sit in the corner of the courtyard, waiting for somebody to walk past him, and then he goes, got a prophecy about you? <laughs> I'll tell you about it for about half an hour. Do you know what I mean? Just takes his sweet ass time doing everything. But he's going to open with, we have no time. Quickly. Urgency <laughs> is key. But don't ask me to change my tone of voice. <laughs> he reminded me of the, the Horrorland horrors. If you've, if you've listened to our <laughs> podcast on, on Goosebumps one day at Horrorland, he sort of, these, there were these little monsters that kept turning up and dropping a line of information. And you kind of got the impression they were waiting for someone to ask them more, but no one ever did. No one ever that, did. No, he sort of brand drops the three incredible bits of information. Well, two, the Night King's past the wall and he's got a dragon. And then everyone just, and then it's sort of like, there's a pause. It feels like Daenerys thing goes, so that, um, that room upstairs. And Bran's like, <laughs> you, you, don't want, just, you don't want more information? <laughs> I just blew the truth open. You can't handle the truth. None of you can. No truth handlers you. Yeah, forget it. Anyway. <laughs> I'd love it if Bran did sort of act still in quite an adolescent way and was just like, right, fine. Fine then. Fine. <laughs> I bloody won't. Just went to his room and sulked for the next seven episodes. Yeah, yeah. It's like, Dark Dragon, click here for more. No one's clicking. It's like, what have I got to do? <laughs> <laughs> what have I got to do? <laughs> Need a clearer call to action on that button. <laughs> yeah. He's looking at sort of next tweet down is, look at this beautiful guest room in Winterfell. <laughs> Eight million likes. <laughs> That's <laughs> amazing. Pinterest retweet. Um, then we move on to the Great Hall um, and this big sort of discussion is going on. Um, and Sansa calls forward Lord Umber, um, who of course is just a little boy now, and yeah. it's quite cute how she says it, and then he sort of he just sort of peers around this group. It's it almost was great, like comic, wasn't it? It was really, yeah, really well, well this, framed. Yeah, as for what happens later in the episode, this is the one where you, you should have had your arms crossed waiting for the blow. Because this guy was too cute to survive an episode in Game of Thrones. It's very true. I actually, although I did mistake the boy in the opening thing for this boy, I was like, oh, a small boy. I won't look any closer. Hello, small boy. Please perform your plot function and then leave. <laughs> um, the, uh, oh, they also say they're going to send a, a raven up to the Night's Watch over at Castle Black, Black and just say, look, you may as well come back here because uh, <laughs> there's not much point defending the wall anymore. Lads. It's it's over. Sorry, but it's not happening. Get out of it. Yeah. Um, little the, the, another kid. Uh, this uh, Mormont, uh, the leader of Bear Island, Jember. What's she called? Yeah. Lyanna Mormont. Lyanna Mormont. Yeah. yeah. Um, she is pissed off. I mean, she, she voices this whole sort of King of the North thing again, saying, "Look, <laughs> mm-hmm. we chose you as a king, John, and you are sort of you're not anymore. What yeah, the fuck? You've given it away. Yeah. Yeah." yeah. And we get sort of this joint speech from John and Tyrion, basically the 
we have to work together speech, which Tyrion ends by by saying, and of course the the Lannister army's on the way as well, and everyone's like, oh, "Oh, great. That's fantastic. Yeah, like, I mean, it was a ballsy move for him to get up and take the floor from the erstwhile king in the north, who, as much as you want to say anything else, has proved himself backwards and forwards over the course of this narrative. And then Tyrion gets up and goes, as the most senior administrative representative of the monarch you all resent, and heir to the house that you all mistrust because they've already murdered all of your friends. May I make the following points? And it's like, Tyrion, no, mate, you may not. That is not a good move. And then he ends by saying, and of course the Lannister armies are coming north. Are they? Fantastic. Way to get the crowd on your side there. Yeah. Um, and Sansa sort of chips in and says, you know, are we going to feed all of you? This is a problem. Um, in quite a snarky way again. This is yeah. another example of... I, I thought I thought sort of Sansa's got a bit of a tin ear when it comes to sort of how you raise these things. She always sort of raises stuff like this in like yeah. the great hall with everyone there. It's like could you not have had this like conversation yeah. on the quiet and then had a more united front? Uh, and in quite a sort of petulant way as well. And then this might just be because of what the performance is like and you know, you've got to go with what the actor does, I suppose. But I'm just a bit like I you say this like a sulky teenager. If you're the Lady of Winterfell, be the fucking Lady of Winterfell, would you please? You know, like, rather than, well, what are you going to do for sandwiches then? Bloody come here with your dragons. It's not fair. Bloody dragons. You know, it just came off as a bit sulky, and I'm not mm. sure that's the tone you want to strike. Yeah, or maybe, maybe the reason she's doing it, maybe she's, maybe there is more thoughts of it. She's doing it because, basically to ally herself with all the other people in the room, and the North who think this, because as I say, she's got what she has got is a good sort of sense of public opinion, and she's basically standing up in front of everyone here, basically saying, "Look, I'm with you guys, I the Northerners, yeah. um, and I'm speaking for you, and we're all quite sulky about this, and it needs yeah. to be said. You know, there are problems yeah. that we're going to point out." Um, yeah. yeah. Then we have this little sort of bit a bit later on with Sansa and Tyrion. Um, kind of little friendly-ish reunion um, yeah and uh, Tyrion's like yeah uh, I'd rather, it was a bit hard to explain when you disappeared straight after Joffrey got killed yeah and, and and obviously it's a great example of how you bring people up to speed with the backstory of what's going on in that little interaction and it was quite it was quite good and quite nice mm. um, even though yeah there are a number of unanswered questions uh still to present to Sansa like mm. did you have to just then really became a bit awkward for me with my family I don't mind saying <laughs> I do think when Sansa says uh, that Tyrion's basically an idiot for believing Cersei when Cersei's promised to send this army up to help um, yeah. I am bang on side with Sansa here it's like yeah <laughs> um, I think she's al- she was almost speaking for the audience when she says I used to think you were the smartest man in the world but um, <laughs> what? How, how are you being taken in by this yeah, no, absolutely and uh, yeah and uh, the audience is obviously cheering and whooping along um, it's undercut slightly by the scene a little bit later where Arya describes Sansa as the smartest person she knows and I'm like really? But Sansa? Is the sm- you've travelled further than anybody else in this entire novel, and she's the smartest person you have ever met? Question mm. mark. Wow. So that was it. That, this, like they, it was a purposeful rhyme, and it sort of didn't vibe for me. But we'll get there, obviously. 
Yeah, let's get there now because that's the next scene. So John and I are meeting first time since the first season. It's a long time coming, Isn't this it? reunion. Yeah. yeah. It was really nice. Well, you've mentioned this a couple of times already. It was a nice reunion moment, this, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, because you actually managed... Because, again, I think they're two of the best actors in this. And you just get a really strong sense of um, the, like... There's something really nice, I think, when you meet somebody who you've been... You've shared significant moments with in your youth and then you, you don't see them for a while and you reconnect and you're like, oh, you understand the whole... You understand what was going on when all of this... When all of my most recent things kind of went went down. Like, you, you understand kind of how I got there. And there's something really beautiful about that sort of shared experience, even though they haven't seen each other for so long. They both understand where they started from, so they both understand where they are now. Even though I'm pretty sure if John found out Arya was a faceless man for a little while, he would be a bit shocked. Like, I do, I love the line, Have you, you've still got the sword, have you used it? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh yeah, once or twice, <clears throat> nothing heavy, obviously, a couple of barbarals, but you know, overall, nothing. <clears throat> anyway, um, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was, it, I thought it was it was really, really lovely. I, f- I can't work out, though, if the sort of opposition between them a little bit, where John's making his case, you know, I did what was right for the North, and Arya says, you know, I, I'm on Sansa's side because she, I'm, you know... Uh, <laughs> we we worked through a few things last season. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Whereas, <laughs> it's like, cool, the backstory, but also, like... I, I couldn't work out if this was a little bit affected. Um, mm. Maybe she just really liked Sansa because she gave her a really kick-ass, oh, no, you didn't way of killing Peter Baelish. <laughs> maybe that was it. Maybe that's what it took. I quite liked it because I, I, I felt quite reassured that, um, you know, they had this whole um, tension between those two throughout last season. And I found it a little worrying at times. And I, I like yeah, the fact that here, right, actually, yeah. here she was basically saying we're really tight now. And you know, I'm quite. I like the idea of those two having this sort of united front now, so we don't have to yeah. have any more like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe I don't like yeah. you, maybe I do anymore. Actually, you are right. That was really tiresome last time. So if the alternative is this, then great. Um, but it did feel a little bit pat. Actually, mm. no. I tell you what, it is. Because they did the whole, you know, because of the whole how do you answer the charge, Lord Baelish reveal, which was great, obviously, <laughs> um, last time. But that meant that you we're missing a scene where Arya and Sansa learn how to trust one another. Actually, what we've got is the opposite. We've got three episodes of them becoming apparently more and more distrustful. <laughs> and then this big reveal, oh, no, you didn't, judo flip moment where at the end of which Peter Baelish gets killed. And let's be clear on board with that but then you've got this sort of well why do they like each other all Mm. of a sudden then like why why is that the case and why given that they put so much thought into the backstory between Arya and Jon in this scene have they not bothered to address the sort of gulf between the previous gulf between Sansa and Arya Mm. just feels a little bit fait accompli you know like oh yeah no it's because of Baelish it was a great moment really Mm. good TV so I went along with it yeah okay time to head down to King's Landing. Uh, Kyburn is on the walls with Cersei. It's like, the dead have breached the wall. And Cersei basically just drums her fingers together and goes, 
Good. <laughs> it's such a testament, isn't it, to um, uh, to the performance there that you like. You don't just go, "Oh God," because you not just have cast Mr. Burns. You know, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that it's that Lena Headey is so good in that role and actually kind of brings you along with it when she's she is a single kind of a single wave of the curtain away from being a pantomime villain <laughs> and yet you're still kind of on board with her a little bit like you at least care about her as a character yeah um euron is is there sort of just off the coast um just give it having a bit of bounce with um with his with his, sis, his sister his, his niece um is it she's called yara in this isn't she um then yes. we then, then we're in the throne room uh and Who's this? Uh, who's this? Is it is it a time traveling season one Jamie Lannister in front of Cersei? <laughs> no, no, it's not. It's homeless <laughs> Harry Strickland. Um, new character Harry alert! Strickland. Ding 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 ding. Yeah, I thought it was a ballsy move. You've got yeah. seven episodes left, and you're going to give us a named character to care about. Like yeah. you, you know, you need to start killing people. Here he is, Harry Strickland. I, I, this is one. I mean, even even I was reaching a bit. Sort of like, all right, who's this guy again in the book? Because um, he is the leader of the Golden Company in the books. He looks a bit yeah. different, but um, yeah, he just sort of pops up, says, "Yeah, we're here. Uh, Twenty thousand yeah. men, two thousand horses, no elephants." And um, <laughs> this is the moment <laughs> where like, I think Cersei Cersei takes her, her turn to sort of speak for the audience. She's like, "Ah, oh, what? No elephants? Oh, no elephants? Oh, come on, not just one." <laughs> Bloody hell. I mean, like, it is a solid point that you can't get them across on ships. But I think the entire audience would be like, come on, mate, come on. If you can go from flipping King's Landing all the way to north of the wall overnight, I think it's probably okay to have an elephant or two in Westeros. Hmm? Hmm? That's the price. We'll all be fine with that preposterous epic road trip if we get an elephant. And no. No. Yeah, no elephants. I think we did something about this when we read this part of the book where... Um, like Bagelgon, or whatever he's called, Lance and Bagelgon. In um, <laughs> his, um, I don't know his name. And his, um, his elephants don't arrive. And it's like I think we said it was like him waiting for an Amazon parcel, which has been delayed. <laughs> it's like clicking refresh. Like what the been, hell are my it's elephants? Been, we delivered it to the continent next door. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so that's our first brief introduction to homeless Harry Strickland. Um, Homeless Harry Strickland. <laughs> oh yeah, he's in that whole thread that they pulled out of the TV series completely with the other Targaryen heir. Yeah, and Bagelgon. the and the yeah the the oh Bagelgon. the and the um the uh, the ruins of Valyria. Yeah. This is a really weird thing not to have properly done. They did it a bit, but yeah, not yeah. to have properly done. Uh, Euron, uh, <laughs> Euron's living his best life, isn't he? He does not <laughs> care. <He's> just... <laughs> <laughs> he does not give a shit. <laughs> it's like a, he's, he's basically the sort of Game of Thrones version of like an adrenaline junkie sort of like bungee jumper or something. He just wants the next hit. Doesn't care if it's like dangerous. Just give me the next hit. <laughs> <laughs> that is really funny and true. Yeah, um, he manages to talk his way into Cersei's bedroom um, after a bit of like Cersei basically says no, no, no. Well, go on then. Come on, let's go. Um, <laughs> And it is like I couldn't work out if this was a sign of Cersei just having Cersei kind of being a bit weak and a bit needy because that is an interesting angle on that character, or if it is just a sign of her having 
continuing her pathological weakness for like mad narcissists because hmm. she slept with her brother who at the time was absolutely a mad narcissist and now she's going with Euron Greyjoy who can't conceive of other people in the world having an independent existence so hmm. it's such a weird it's such a weird thing what did you think would you was this weakness or was this was this just a kind of a strange taste for total psychos yeah I, well I, I do think yeah narcissist is very much her type um <laughs> if like in in the books as well like that kettle black guy is very oh, yeah. very similar in terms of character to Euron. Um, yeah, it's or to, to sort of to series Euron anyway. Um, yeah. I I also thought there was something else going on here, which is because she's got because she's having Jamie's baby again, um, yeah. and this guy is super arrogant and thinks he's all that. I did get yeah. a sense of her taking the opportunity to basically sort of do a Robert on Euron as well. Because, you know, when at, oh, at the end he yeah. says, I've got to put a prince in your belly. And she's like, she she can do the whole thing. The, the whole joke, she, like sort of dark joke she played on Robert was, you think you've got a couple of kids with me and actually the Jamies. Yeah. <laughs> it kind of feels like she's got to do that to Euron She's as doing well. the same to Jamie. <laughs> Goodness me. Yeah. Not to be trusted. Um, but they wouldn't be, I mean, I no, nobody cares. She doesn't care about these legitimacy rules either, but they wouldn't be legitimate, would they? Um, Not unless she's going to marry him straight away. Yeah, I don't really think legitimacy really matters at this stage, does it? It seems to be so... Um, like I mean, things, to her, things have got Things have got so... Yeah, and so many people are claiming... To throw, yeah, yeah, there is a legitimacy issue as well. Um, yeah. Although she could, I mean, if she marries him quite quickly, she could claim that it was, you know... I, that is a, that is a big all-out play, isn't it? Like, because she must at that point. You can't possibly imagine yourself having a marriage with this man. So, <laughs> what you would actually be doing is sleeping with him to get yourself an alibi for having slept with your brother, and then, um, and then like killing him on the honeymoon night or whatever, or the day after, discovering that he'd committed some petty treason, and yeah. then just being like, right, off with his head, brilliant job done. Yeah. Yeah, he was legitimate though. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we move on to uh, Bronn, uh, who's having possibly the world's most depressing shag. As, um, <laughs> as, as like, certainly the, oh, cer- certainly was, the world's mo- certainly the world's most depressing foursome. Um, as, <laughs> as like they're all like all the prostitutes are just chatting as they sort of getting on with the job. Um, <laughs> And he's like, I am the only man alive who shot. A, I'm the only man you've ever met who shot a dragon. And they're like, Yeah, wicked. Come on then, let's go. <laughs> Oh, they're, they're talking about this guy who's had his face burnt off, and apparently, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I saw online. This is apparently this this guy. The name it's Ed Sheeran's character. I know. I just, <laughs> I like the transparency with which the Game of Thrones scriptwriters do fan service in this incredibly petty way. Because two seasons ago, it was. Um, it was uh, Grand Wicker Wicker Grandmaster Picel, like oh getting God. up and doing a little fart in a way that he did in an internet, um, the game of uh, bad lip syncing, Game of Thrones, um, uh, like, and it's like little things like that where you're like, that's cute, but could you please help us get to a plot resolution of some description, <laughs> like on all these massive things that you've actually made me care about? I don't give two shits whether you murdered Ed Sheeran off camera. I mean, I do. Obviously, it couldn't happen to a nicer man, but still. I just thought that was a little bit cheap, given all the stuff they're not giving us. For example, elephants. Hmm? Hmm? Don't give me a dead Ed Sheeran with no flipping eyelids. Elephants, please. <laughs> um, 
So Kai burns in the corner, and I get the feeling he just can't he just can't take the crushing depression of it all. This sex scene, so he just has to intervene. <laughs> Save everybody. He says, so uh, "When you me. finally acted in a way that's more fundamentally sort of morally uh, desolate." That even Kyburn goes, oh, for fuck's sake, Bron, get it together. <laughs> That's, you've done something wrong there. Kyburn's got a special mission for, for Tyrion. No, not for Tyrion, for, for Bron. He's got a special mm. mission for him. Um, kill both Tyrion and Jaime um, with this crossbow, which is Joffrey's cross. I mean, she, as, oh. as he says, she's got a sense for the poetic Cersei. Um, oh! See, I was I was looking at that the whole time, going, "What's that fucking crossbow?" It's the one that they, the one that he used to do that like gratuitously unpleasant death scene in like series three or whatever it was, where there was a, a slow, languorous panning shot across a bed full of dead prostitutes who had all been killed by these massive crossbow bolts, isn't it? Yeah, it's also the crossbow that, that Tyrion used to kill Tywin. Ah, uh, okay, that's slightly more, that is slightly more poetic. But it, it, yeah, it doesn't. It's, I still think it doesn't justify that that <laughs> tableau from season three. That was fucking horrible. But um, yeah, okay, right now I'm on board. See, I needed you there. Like we I, we need to we need to like press play together whenever we're going to watch these <laughs> things. I just need you to like unpack all of the shit that's going on. Well, I only got this on second watch. The first time I watched it, I was a little bit confused as well. I was like, why crossbow? It reminded me a bit of those. Um, do you know, like say you're playing Far Cry Three, and one of the missions is like hunt a leopard with only a, a bow and arrow it's like well why can't, can't I just use my shotgun again it's like, you must <laughs> yeah. use this weapon <laughs> i am still carrying the shotgun by the way it wouldn't be a problem like for Tyrion, like for, for bron the version of that is i have won quite a few battles using this sword by the way yeah. maybe no yeah no use the crossbow chests of gold achievement unlocked <laughs> um, i like uh i like bronze just sort of sigh and we just says this fucking family (laughs) (laughs) he goes along with it though doesn't he like you roll your eyes all you like but he's still like fine fine i've been close friends with both of them i'll kill them both not a problem yeah i mean that is that is who he is isn't it but is he gonna just do you think he's really gonna go through with it i don't know i don't know because if he doesn't there's no other way for this to be a meaningful scene you know what i mean otherwise it's just oh i Mm. didn't bother (laughs) <laughs> at which point you've got more important things to spend your screen time on, I think. Yeah. But you know, maybe they maybe they just wanted one further uh, brothel scene just for old time's sake. Bit more sex position. Yeah. Um. We get we get this rescue of of Yara. Uh, Theon sort of sneaks onto onto Euron's flagship ship and rescues his. his just, just effortlessly assassins creeds his way onto the boat like <laughs> all these people die without noticing that everybody around them is dying and then it's it's theon greyjoy last seen cowardly jumping off a burning literally fleeing a burning ship um <laughs> who turns out also to, as well as being cowardly enough to do that brave enough to walk back onto a not burning ship and kill everybody on board in order to get his sister out yeah, I mean, he had the magical kick in the balls fight scene last uh, 
last last season as well to sort of turn oh, that is around. true yeah no fair enough yeah okay fair enough but yeah but i i agree it did feel like again for the for the sort of video game analogy it feels like theon's continuing to play game of thrones on easy mode <laughs> a, f- a few fewer levels and like some no. easy <laughs> easy op- no. opponents well, except for the first half of the series he absolutely didn't right yeah. so he for the first half of the series it was like he'd started XCOM 2 on like Iron Man like, or the hardest possible mode and just halfway through got to like oh, I'm not enjoying this at all here we go tink, tink, tink. novice brilliant bring it on yeah yeah I mean that's a, I did think one of the things in mitigation here is um, Euron early on was boasting about his ship which in the book it's famous for it's called the silence because all the crew are mute and I, I did think here, well, you know, this is what happens when you have a new crew. No one can shout out and say That's someone's amazing. attacking us. First person gets killed, the other person thinks it, and they're like, oh, God, I need to go and get my dinner gong. Just let everybody know about this. <laughs> bong, 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 bong. Yeah, they've got Everybody's little, got like... a tambourine to raise the alarm. <laughs> have you ever seen Breaking Bad? Uh, some of it, but not they, all of it. They've got the little bell like that old guy. If you've not seen it, there's, there's an old guy who can't speak, but he's got a little bell that he rings. <laughs> they should have all had one of those each. It's that's just sort amazing. of alert Oh, that's the crossover event of the decade, isn't it? <laughs> Game of Thrones featuring Walter White. That would be great. Um, we, we, we go, oh, and so so yeah there's this really like quick rescue of yara feels a little, little bit feels a little bit like they just got to get this done um and then yeah i thought that as well like yeah. I, I thought that the she greets him silently with a headbutt which i thought was absolutely the right way of the right way of doing it but then helps him up and there's the, there's a lot of healing for both of them i think in that motion of like kind of look this is how we do things where we're from you've probably forgotten but you were a twat so here's a headbutt now we're friends and mm. you're you're still a part of it, and that's okay. Um, I thought that was quite nice. I thought the next scene was like I I I would be surprised if I ever see Yara on screen again. Yeah, that's a good good point. I, I think you're right. Might be right. Maybe she sort of she sort of sails off to the Iron Islands now and just sits it out. But um, yeah, Theon is, is gets permission to head up to Winterfell, so he's on his way up there. Yeah, interesting. Okay. Speaking of. We go back to Winterfell. There's this big camp outside now. I quite like that, where you got the sense of scale of you know the number of the number of people there now, all gathering at Winterfell. The Starks, yeah. um, those shady lot have, have thrown <laughs> in again with the Starks, so they're turning up. Everybody's like, "Yep, great. Nope, no problem. That's fine." <laughs> I quite liked that. Just the fact that it's another example of how a lot of these previously. Like, uh, there's a lot of water under the bridge, but people are just having to put stuff behind them and come together now. Yeah. Um, there's this idea which um, Davos has. He's talking to. Um, who's he talking to? Baldy, Ferris, and, uh, and Tyrion. <laughs> <laughs> Baldy eunuch. Baldy. Um, they're, they're talking about the possibility of a marriage between John and Danny. Quite a good yeah. idea um, if it wasn't for the. The fact that gets revealed later on. They're again. related. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I quite liked this as the scene of, like, of um, uh, Sir Davos sort of finding a place amongst the kind of uh, pontificating elders of Westeros. You know, like, because you could, after this has all gone down, if they're all still alive, these three are still going to be in a room somewhere drinking whiskey, smoking cigars, and going, God, kids these days. <laughs> and I just, that is the retirement I want for Sir Davos. I think he has earned it and then some. 
Um, Daenerys is talking to John, and she's saying Sansa doesn't like me, and and I was thinking at this point, well, yeah, but it doesn't matter as long as she respects, yeah. And then yeah. Daenerys says, and if she doesn't respect me, dot dot <laughs> dot, and I thought, oh, oh, worry, oh, yeah. Are we going this way? Because you've only got seven episodes to get this tied up, and there's zombies to be dealt with as well. Yeah. Um, we then go on a. Then it's then time for some special effects. We go on a dragon ride. Um, this was fun in in a kind of a sort of, you know, like Disney ride, it, like Dis- Disney World. Fucking like, Aladdin ride is what it is. Yeah. It is. It's a whole new world with dragons. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought visually it was great, but... Um, yeah, no, I mean, you know, brilliant, brilliant. It was, it was Although I did to, sort yeah. of... Obviously, Jon Snow still has his character shields on. If he is going to die this series, he's not going to die this way. But there was still <laughs> a bit of him. Which is, oh, he <laughs> fell, fell off. off. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> That's inconvenient for everybody, isn't it? Anyway. Um, <laughs> Daenerys returning to, return to Winterfell. Where's Jon? Okay, um, hear me out here, look, okay? Look... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it, yes, the dragons were involved, but not what you think, not what you think. <laughs> this doesn't look good, but... Yeah. <laughs> That's it, isn't it? I know what you're going to say. Um, but yeah, like, it was nice, but I was also sort of a little bit, like... I actually noticed, because they had it, it was really well done, like, he's like, clinging onto the back of this dragon for all he's worth, and his big cloak is waving in the breeze like mad. All I could think of was that bit in The Incredibles, where the, the uh, superhero costume designer just goes on this big rant about how there'll never be any capes, because capes always get you killed. And I was looking at that going, yeah, 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 he's getting pulled off there, isn't he? Yeah, that's definitely, he is no, he is going to be an ex-king. <laughs> yeah. Um, they end up landing on this like this bit in the middle of nowhere, and Daenerys says, "Oh, we could stay here for a thousand years," and it's a little sort of callback to the sort of stay in this cave with me, John, sort of eager oh, stuff, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, um, it is. Yeah, I got a little bit of sort of I thought quite dark foreshadowing from that. It's like, oh, yeah. this this yeah, relationship this isn't, isn't going to end well. Oh yeah, um, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. solid. I did think it was a bit much at the end when it got to the sort of cute like dragons watching them make out. I was like, mm, I mean, I, I can see yeah. why. If you if you're more of a pet lover, maybe that would be quite cute. I, I'm not really one, so I, I just <laughs> thought, Ugh, yeah, okay, yeah, um, yeah. I know. I thought that as well. It was a bit, like, I, it was funny. It wasn't without charm, but it was also like they did labour it a little bit. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like one shot of the dragon looking at him, going. Yeah, I'm not going to call you dad, though. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> fine. But, like, I laboured it a bit much. But then, you know, presumably they've all got dogs, and that's what dogs do, it would seem. Yeah. Uh, we're then in the forge with Gendry. Gendry's just getting it done. He's he's the he's the getting it done character. He's I mean, MVP, it's kind of like, Gendry. Yeah. He's kind of like the, um, like, always brings his kit guy he sort of <laughs> he always does his best no matter what he's taught to do never moans yeah he's been he, he was taught to go for like a a marathon run last season and he did it uh yeah. this time he's got to sort of get on with get on with his job again <laughs> of building the like making these dragon glass weapons and he's getting on with it good for you he's, get, he's getting no props is he yeah um but but at the same time like getting it done and I sort of want him just to just I just want somebody to turn up and be like Gendry, you are officially a badass. 
carry on. Just yeah. like some sort of recognition for everything he's putting in. Yeah. He makes this massive axe for the singularly ungrateful hound. Um, who's just like, <laughs> yeah, right, got it. Doesn't even say thanks. Calls him, yeah, does, calls doesn't him even like, yeah, great. Yeah. Like, yeah, like three, three, like three dismissive phrases and then, and then leaves. Yeah. Arya turns up and sort of, sort of sees the hound. The hound sort of gets as close as he ever gets to being vaguely friendly. He sort of yeah. is it, which, which is to say, you left me to die. <laughs> That's <laughs> as close as he gets. Yeah, an accusation. Yeah, and she sort of calls back to the the um, the farming family, which is we we know from what we saw with the hound with the when he joined yeah. up with the Brotherhood. This still gets to him that he did leave this this dad and daughter to die and yeah. um and when he says you left me to die she says yeah but i robbed you first I, like you, you did with that family yeah um, oh see i thought that was just some fairly near the knuckle banter i actually saw a meme <laughs> based on this this morning which was um which was ron swanson from uh from uh, parks and rec cut into the middle of that scene you left me to die I robbed you first, and then the last scene is Ron Swanson just going, I've never been so proud of you. Um, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny by itself, but shit, you're absolutely right. That's There's like a whole other thing going on there, which I hadn't thought of at all. Um, and then, then she also meets um, Gendry again. She's got, a, she's got plans for a special weapon that she wants him to make. I assume it's a weapon. It looks like some kind of sort of... I don't know. What do you think it was? It looks like a, it's like a detachable... No sort of spear or something well i thought it might be a um uh like some sort of grenade maybe oh um looked like it could have been a grenade but now you said detachable spear maybe it is like a spear that you put a dragon glass point on and you just like leave it leave it in the person that you've left it in if you look if you're hoping to get rid of a dragon hmm. you know you've got to sort of throw it up i don't know though who can say yeah I, i'm i'm at a at a loss at the moment. I mean, I love that idea. She's basically just gone in and said, "Make me a grenade." Make me Gendry's a grenade. Like, okay, <laughs> can do. What's my point of reference here? What, <laughs> what does he do again? <laughs> yeah, the sketch was a little bit more gnomic than it was helpful. I think. I but then again, maybe this is just one of the ways in which Gendry continues to be a badass. Show him yeah. a bad sketch of anything, and he'll go, "All oh, right, yeah, no, can, brilliant, let's do it." I mean, th- this is a world with wildfire, isn't it? So there is there are explosives. So I suppose, yeah. It, it although, be... although, although it's it's very possible that Cersei destroyed the world's entire stock of wildfire, getting rid of a slightly <laughs> awkward family wedding situation. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no arguments here. No arguments. There's a, there's a bit of quite a bit of chemistry again between Arya and and Gendry, isn't there? Um, yeah. And they have a bit of bit of banter again. I like how Arya kind of owns the rich girl thing now. He used to Gendry used to wind her up about being a, a rich girl, yeah. and yeah. Um, and he says this time you're just another rich girl, and she just sort of says you don't know any of the rich girls. <laughs> <laughs> like again, that. top banter. Arya basically walks into this scene backwards, chucking Bon Mo left and right, like dances outwards, going, "I was here, bitches, you know." <laughs> it's great like she's she's for for a small psychopathic killer child she's actually a remarkably effective kind of bon viveur that's great <laughs> back to um back to john and sansa sansa's reading uh, a note <clears throat> turns out that uh 
the Glovers uh, are staying at Deepwood Mott. Now, the guy who plays the Glover is the guy who plays Captain Darling in Blackadder. So yes. I just got this idea of Captain Darling said, going to uh, sit this one out, Blackadder. He's like, yes. he's basically sitting with Melchip over like, in the corner. Oh, and I think we can all agree that what Game of Thrones needs is Stephen Fry as a medieval Melchip with extra dragons. I would watch that all day long. But I'd forgotten that that's, that's Robert Glover, isn't it? So he's just yeah. sort of... <laughs> <laughs> sitting there looking after himself drinking the brandy letting everybody else go to the front <laughs> i kind of got the impression as well this was the guy who plays that character saying um i'm doing something else i can't be <laughs> sorry i have previous commitments <laughs> right your way out of it um sansa again has a bit of an extended moan at john about the fact that he's you know, invited Daenerys in and bent the knee. Um, I mean, again, the, the the thing I struggle with with Sansa with stuff like this is she's she's kind of a problems without solutions character sometimes. Yeah. Like she says, yeah. "Oh, you shouldn't have brought her up here. You shouldn't have done this. You shouldn't have done that." And John says, "Look, she's got two armies. We need we need that. We can't win otherwise." And yeah. she doesn't have a not. She's not saying you should have done this instead. She's just saying, yeah. "I don't like what you've done." Yeah, there's no and solution. One of the constants of John's character is that he will always make a good argument, and somebody will say something else stupid, and he never goes right. And where mm. are you going with this? What do you want? Like he always takes responsibility for the kind of angst created by the, as I say, sort of idiot petulance <laughs> of the people around him. Um, <laughs> and it's like I would just love, just have loved him to be like, what? What did you? What, what's your plan? You got a plan, Lady Stark? <laughs> you got a plan or just a complaint? If he was, if he was, yeah, if he did have a sharper tongue, he, he could have sort of thrown the little finger army in her face again. So um, we've got two armies here. I don't know if you've got another couple of armies up your sleeve, like at the Battle of the Bastards, where you didn't tell me about them. Yeah. You've got a couple more. Yeah. Then now would be the time to say. Otherwise, you know, this is where we are. Yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. I'm sorry. Have I allied myself with somebody that I once had sex with in a probably very, very inadvisable way, in a way that may undermine the security of the North? Gosh. How silly of me. Like, because say what you like about Daenerys, she's a damn sight saner than Baelish was. Um, Sansa does does have the sharp tongue. She does go there here where she um, she basically says, right, real talk, John. Did you bend the knee just to get your end away, basically? <laughs> <laughs> is, this, is this what's happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and, I mean, I, I mean, and it's a fair question, isn't it? <laughs> it is a fair question, I think, because obviously it's clear he is really sort of sweet on Daenerys, and Sansa's right to point it out. Like, look, is this is this just about you too, rather than yeah. sort of the wider thing? Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's something that she, you know, she's within her rights to say, but it is unfair. I think it's more. I mean, it's part of it, but I think the the, the wider sort of story that happened with John and Daenerys last season was Daenerys sort of proved to John, you know, what what kind of sort of leader she is in coming rescuing him. And that's yeah. what led him to do it rather than he saw the chance of a bit of sort of a bit of sort of boat sex and thought I can't pass this up yeah, I was gonna say, I've always wanted to have sex on a boat haven't you always wanted to have sex on a boat I've always wanted to have sex on a boat I'm going to have sex on a boat Yeah, 
No, yeah, I, I agree, and I, this is this is like a reasonable question to ask of everybody apart from Jon Snow. You know what I mean? Mm. Although, maybe then again, you know, he did do some. Like, it was pretty stupid the way he went and shagged Egret. So, or mm. Egret or whatever. Like, maybe that is a fair question to ask. Maybe he mm. does at, at key moments just go, "Yeah, politics," but on the other hand, sexy times. So, <laughs> see you in a bit. Yeah, although I suppose in his defence, when it came down to it, he picked his sort of night's watch over his girlfriend. So yeah, not before getting his end away though. Like that's oh, that's no, a little no. bit kind of having your cake and eating it, isn't it? Hmm. Um, well, yeah. The um, the next bit is Sam's happily working away down in sort of some library area, I think, of Winterfell. And Daenerys like, comes over thinking, i got to do something nice with this guy, seeing as he helps out <laughs> Jorah. <laughs> Does um, not go well. No, here comes the spectacular backfire. She ends up telling him that she killed his dad and his brother. Um, and that's, I mean, when she tells him she's killed his dad, he's upset, but he's like, oh, well, you know, at oh, least my brother's the boss now. Yeah, and she's yeah. like, oh yeah, killed him as well. And Sam's like, what fuck. And uh, yeah. Uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, I, I thought this was done really well, for, played really well by Sam, that is sort of, he's obviously really upset and angry, it turns out later yeah. on. But yeah. he's still so polite with Daenerys because she's the queen. He's like, oh, yeah. thank you. Um, thanks for letting yeah. me know. Can I leave? Acts it so well, doesn't he? Hmm. Although I did, I th- I felt like the response to his brother dying was was really intense and really obviously very meaningful to him. I can't work out if his is the fact that his dad was killed should upset him this much because remember Randall Tarley is the guy whose like defining character moment in the series before he got killed was basically constructing a hunt so that Sam would get killed. Like, he plotted the secret murder of his firstborn son. And I feel like, sort of knowing that, I'm pretty sure Sam would be like, fair enough. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Or maybe Sam's just... I mean, that does happen in the books. I'm not sure it did in the series. I'm not sure it was mentioned in the series. I could be wrong, because there's a bit of Oh, okay. All right, fair enough. I just think, I remember the, the sort of icy dinner around the table in the series where we're introduced to yeah. Randall and I got yeah. more of an impression that it was more in the series of a sort of difficult relationship with a dad who just doesn't is sort of horrified by you but doesn't isn't you. Yeah. actually trying to kill you I think he threatened it <laughs> yeah. but it felt less of a sort of he'd put this plan in action in the series and I suppose oh. I, I got the impression Sam's reaction here is yeah, he, he doesn't like. He both fears and dislikes his dad, but yeah. it, you know, it's still his dad, and he's still, still, bit, still this yeah. guy who was such a massive, seemingly invincible presence in his life, and this yeah. this, this person's just just executed, just him. killed him, yeah, and, 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 and that the chaos, as well. exactly, and that the chaos is so profound that you kind of find out in passing almost. Oh, sorry, yeah, but should have told you, killed him. Yeah. Um, that's true. Actually, I hadn't thought of that because I was going to say I thought I could remember. Um, Sam saying something about that in like the first series at Castle Black but actually um, possibly but now I remember like uh, Royce making that um, uh, making that joke quite dark mm. joke at the dinner table so maybe I'm wrong 
um the yeah i think he, he said i think in the in the series he says you know my dad said to me you've got to join the night's watch or i'm gonna you're gonna have an accident <laughs> i'm gonna kill you so it was pretty full-on but um yeah but yeah I, I thought i did like the fact i did like how this decision has come round to sort of to, to bite Daenerys in that when it happened Tyrion was advising against it and saying look this isn't a good idea and I always thought that is that was going to be as far as it went it was just an example of her sort of fighting with her sort of darker side if you like and I like yeah. how she's she's had to be confronted with it here there's a guy yeah. she she sort of wants to reward and is grateful yeah. to and yeah it turns out she's she's really hurt him and yeah. she, she didn't realize at the time yeah, and, and it's kind of similar a bit to that moment where she's sitting on the throne of Marine and everybody's bringing their, like, burned children and stuff. Mm. And she's kind of she's kind of agonising over it. But really interestingly, because this is an informal moment rather than a throne room, you see it on her face a lot more. And you mm. sort of see the fact that uh, that she really feels the pain of it, which is good because I think this is something that we sort of blow past with Daenerys quite a lot, is that she's had horrendous things happen to her, but she's also done horrendous things. And, you know, like, she's allowed really horrifying acts of violence to go on in the name of that dead-eyed, I am the queen and I will win and I am a Dothraki queen and I am the Khaleesi and the rest of it. Mm. Um, Like, you know, she has these kind of warring parts of her character where, as a a Westerosi queen, she wants to be all kind of all all formal and dignified and the rest of it. But as a Khaleesi, she's like, I'm going to burn them to the ground. Mm. And there are consequences to being both of those things at the same time. And we, I don't think we've yet seen her actually sort of confront that in a way. Yeah. Sam sort of stumbles out to the courtyard and immediately bumps into Bran, who says to Sam, now's the time to, to tell John the truth and you've got to do it. Um, the decision, you've got to do it, I think in the next scene shows that that was actually really quite astute i think sam's the only person yeah. who could who could tell john this and john not sort of freak dismiss out it. and dismiss yeah. it yeah 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 um i mean I he was, tries but yeah. yeah i was a bit confused and i'd like to get your thoughts on this as to why bran decides now's the time to do this considering the last thing he said was yeah we've got to be just focused on the threat of the night's king why is he saying, oh, oh, by the way, now's the time to start this whole reopening the question of who's the leader? Yeah. Well, and that is an excellent question, which I don't think you they've satisfactorily answered with Bran. And it's the problem with having like an, an omniscient character is that you have this character that knows everything. And so whenever they do something, the only answer is, well, Bran was doing whatever it is that he does which is actually a phrase I think that Sam uses in this scene. And it's mm-hmm. very like, it's it's sort of, you can't ever know, can you? Because you can't know what he's seen and you can't know what he's reckoned and how he's seen it all fit together. And it just takes the sort of tension out of it a little bit because mm-hmm. the answer to everything is basically, oh, well, Bran said, obviously. <laughs> and that's, yeah. that, that's not great. Um, so I kind of, yeah, I, I don't know really. Um, maybe tell you maybe what, we'll find Sorry. out. I don't know. So go on. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say. I tell you what, though. I have questions about who's depositing Bran in the right place to look strangely and gnomically across the courtyard at somebody at just the right moment because he hasn't got Hodor anymore, has he? And he told yeah. Mira to fuck off. So 
like whose job is it now to be the sort of brand delivery system <laughs> um i actually saw as well there's the other thing i saw on the internet somebody started a fake kickstarter to get bran a ramp to get him out of the courtyard <laughs> yeah he's just in the courtyard was, yeah that was brilliant <laughs> and it's cold you know winter has come <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I saw that as well. Please put a ramp in. Just let him leave the courtyard. He's just sitting just there. For the love of God, he's sitting there. He barely moves. You know, it doesn't take a lot of energy. doesn't warm you up very much. Cocking an eyebrow and then saying something strange. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe because there's no Hodor anymore and Mira's left, no one's thought about it. He's like, oh, I'm stuck. Come on. Someone shift me. I've been no. in this courtyard all fucking day. Maybe yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? It was like the the line that we missed out was like, like it's time for you to go and do it and take me with you because I am tired of sitting here. Can you fucking sort it out, please? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sam's like, why can't you do it? Have you seen him any steps around right into the crypt? Yeah. It's not wheelchair accessible. This yeah. place has not been designed in a way that's appropriate or considerate, and I have complaints about that. But long story short, he's in the crypt and I'm not doing it. <laughs> So um, I did think, again, this um, the fact that Sam goes down to see John with this information about what's happened to his, his, his family is a good yeah. way of getting into the subject of who John is. Because I, I was wondering how they managed to actually tell John without it being sort of unintentionally hilarious because he's been, uh, <laughs> shagging his aunt. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the reunion's not... This is a particularly nice reunion again as well. How you like... Yeah. John's just so clearly happy to see Sam. Yeah, um, again, as with Arya, like he really has a strong connection to that time in his life when he was just this useless, despised bastard character that mm. everybody just just dismissed. And the people who were his friends during that time, he's always unambiguously delighted to see. And everybody else is kind of a burden to one degree or another. Yeah, um, and I then Sam think... takes himself out of category A and straight into category B. I do think it was a, a bit weird how they they meet and Sam's like obviously like in bits, and the first the first thing John says isn't what's what's wrong. He's sort of like they meet and he's like, "What are you doing here?" And uh, it was just, it was just a weird because I just thought it, as soon as you saw Sam's face where he's like in tears, I thought, yeah. "Well, John's going to say." you're right what's the matter he doesn't yeah. i was like oh, that's weird but yeah. it's not a big thing but just just something that sort of a, i kind of dumped me out a little bit when i was watching it that's actually true he's really happy to see him but he's actually not so engaged in his sort of experience mm-hmm. and you know like maybe that is the point you know he's got all these things on his mind he's not he's not actually noticing like you can be a fun like actually like ned stark you're a fundamentally good person but still not be properly engaged in the reality of what's going on around you mm-hmm. and for ned it ended up with him dying Let's hope that doesn't happen for John, although six episodes left, probably going to happen. Yeah. So, as as we said, Sam is you know, hurt and re- and angry at the what's happened to his family, and he asks John, you know, would you have done the same? And John sort of tries to defend it a bit. He's like, well, I've killed people who've disobeyed me. And Sam says, and you've you've not killed a lot of people who haven't knelt as well, like the wildlings. Um, yeah. And it moves on to this, look, you know, you, John's saying he's not the king anymore, and Sam says, "Yeah, you are, because of who you are." Yeah. And as we said, this is Sam's the only guy who could have really said this and got away with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much. And it's interesting to me that Sam still fulfills the ju- sense of duty that he has, rather than saying, "We're going to deal with the question of your girlfriend murdering my father first." 
he mm. kind of presents him with it, but he's not out there looking for resolution. He's like, right, I'm down here to tell you this, and this mm. is what I'm going to tell you. Yeah. And he says, so technically, under the let's let's you know let's say what it is, the admittedly sexist rules, because he's a, because John's a guy, he is actually the rightful heir to the throne, uh, even though Dan yeah. is sort of yeah um, older, than older. Him. Yeah. and he asks this question, Sam. You know, you you sort of swallowed your pride. Do you think she's going to do the same? And excellent. I that was excellent question. Well, yeah. What do you think? Because I'm not. I'm not sure. No way. Absolutely no. not. No. Like she's. I mean, again, you know, we come back to all the awful things that have happened to Daenerys in the course of the narrative, and the thing that has kept her going is a the fact that she is the mother of dragons, and b the fact that she's going to be the queen of Westeros, and she won't give that up. Like she can't. I don't believe she'd be capable of giving that up, because um, mm. to her, you're either in power or in danger. And so, yeah, like I can't, I can't see that ever happening. And again, Sam, really, really smart question to ask, because hmm. um, I don't think Daenerys would ever, ever do that. Although the the Mother of Dragons thing is a really interesting point, is that again under the really stupid and preposterous rules of monarchy um, in Westeros, it's like she can't have kids, can she? That's the thing about her being Mother of Dragons. Well, we had we touched on this last season. She she said that, and John was like, "Why?" And she said, "Oh, because some like someone told me once." And John was like, uh, "Well, so what? Doesn't mean you can't." No, wasn't it? Wasn't it that the, something happened during that event? Like it was some something 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 curse. Like the fact that that Cal Drogo's baby died meant that she couldn't have kids at all after that. Well, that's that's what that witch said to her. And John's yeah. point was, yeah, but which is like, is, is it is it true? Yeah, <laughs> does it mean just because you said it doesn't it mean it's true? Maybe, well, maybe, uh, but that's a really pertinent point, isn't it? Because if you say to if you say to her, look, um, I'm I'm the rightful king. She's probably not going to step aside. But a conversation that says, if you want to be queen, there won't be any successors, and it'll all happen again when you die. Um, that might be a slightly more compelling argument, I suppose. Uh, yeah, although it just, it, it just shifts to the next person, doesn't it? Like along the family. <laughs> that's tree. the point: is that it never ends. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. And that's the other thing as well: is that I like I feel very uncomfortable that this, the series seems to be creating purposefully creating a scenario where like the the best outcome, the most like for each individual character, the thing we're supposed to be wanting for them is most fulfilled by a nephew and an aunt marrying shagging and having children <laughs> i'm not comfortable with this as a piece of propaganda for extremely questionable inbreeding you know what i mean like that's i'm not comfortable with that yeah it does set this conflict up which i thought yeah this is it's hard to see how it's resolved because john as we've seen when he sort of wouldn't wouldn't like lie about bending the knee to daenerys to get cersei on board he is very much even even when it comes to sort of bringing everyone together to stop the Night King, he's not going to lie. If something is is how it is, yeah. then he'll he'll say that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, so I was because I was assumed when he found this out, he would just be he'd just keep it under wraps just to save everybody. But I don't. I, he's I don't not going to do he that. Will. No, no, no absolutely. Yeah. And I agree with you. I'm not sure Daenerys is 
has it in her to to sort of step away after all this this time and say, okay, I'm not I'm not going to be the leader anymore. Um, well, not for nothing. She personally is the commander of the Dothraki, for example. Like mm-hmm. they're not just going to go like, oh, different fella, is it? Brilliant. Like <laughs> yeah. they are definitely going to fuck shit up. Yeah. Um, we then go up to the last hearth. Now, yeah, I could see how this would be confusing for anyone, but the sort of the closest, most Game of Thrones into person, which yeah, I, I would say I'm not far off because put it. This is what I saw with this. I saw the courtyard. I saw the banners with the chains, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, that's the Umbers over at last half." But it's bloody subtle. Um, so. <laughs> You're not fucking kidding, mate. Also, it seems to have been effortlessly wrecked. Like when Lord Umber left Winterfell, it was a going concern, and now he's turned up there, and it's like post-apocalyptic. Yeah, it's like how much time has passed? Again, how long is it going to take this army of the dead to march all the way to Winterfell? Yeah. Um, if they've left the last half looking like this for long enough that it's got a thick layer of snow over all the dead bodies. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. That's the point. There, there, aren't, there aren't any bodies. They've all gone ah, up and walked ah, off. Yes. Bringing me to a, a point and a question which we will get to after the following bit of light relief. Hmm. So, I mean, I love this bit. They turn up. The place is just deserted apart from all the many bloodstains of the battle. <laughs> yeah. And... They start exploring. You've basically got um, Tormund and Beric. Beric, who has fast become, from a bit of a non-event, one of my favourite characters. I love his flaming sword thing. I think it's, I think it's awesome. Yeah. So I'm always pleased to see yeah. him turn up on screen. Um, yeah, I, I love it. I was wondering when they were walking around this place in absolute silence for so long why he didn't have the big flaming sword going already. But then it turned out, later in the scene, it turns out that he doesn't really need to do the sort of incantation and the big whomph, like reveal moment to turn it on. Because there's a bit later on where he basically turns it on like a lightsaber and it's just like, poof, yeah. done, it's on fire. Well, I thought that, I thought the exact same thing, as the, as the, especially when they go into this dark bit where you can't see. And yeah. I, and I was thinking, get you know, yeah, stick the old stick the old uh, tor- the old flaming sword on, but um, but then I realised it's like an immersion heater. He doesn't want to spend too much money turning it <laughs> Flick on. Flick it on. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, no, no. I I realised no. They're being smarter than that because they don't they don't want to be seen. So yeah. obviously you lose any element of stealth if you just yeah. break out the flaming sword. And that Matt is why you and I are not engaged in guerrilla warfare against the undead. Yeah. Um, they they hear movement, and I was really taken in here. I thought this is going to be one of those White Walkers wandering about, yeah. um, and it turns out it's not. It's, it's Dolores Ed and the the last few members of the Knights. Was miraculously Dolores Ed has survived, yeah. despite being the only named character in the entire of Castle Black. <laughs> <laughs> I was really happy about that. I was like, you know what? Some people have character shields. But some people have a hangdog expression and a refusal to go quietly. And that is why Dollar said is the hero we need. <laughs> I like how he shouts, Stand back, lads, he's got blue eyes. And Tom is like, I've always had blue eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Tom. So this is three, actually, of my favourite characters in the series on screen together. Tormund, <laughs> particularly. Because like, cause he's no less of a badass for kicking that out for being that ironic and that witty at the same moment, he's still going to fuck you up, but he's also like, I've always had blue eyes! <laughs> <laughs> um, they go to the to the Great Hall, 
in last half and this is where they see the the one body that's left yeah and it's the little kid and he's been pinned to the wall with this horrendous sort of I don't know, limb art, shall we call it? Uh, <laughs> which has been created around him. And this is, this. I think this is the same thing that the the uh, the White Walkers did at the top of the Fist of the First Men. Do you remember with the horses? Oh. Sort of sign, that weird little spiral. Okay, right, all right. That now makes a lot more sense, because I was looking at this thinking, this is really surprisingly intricate. Like, this is sort of, what is it that has inspired this implacable dead, you know, machine of doom to get into sort of gruesome, to be sure, but also quite delicately laid out wall art <laughs> using human limbs? Like, what is this? But if this is actually a callback, that's fair enough. I will say, though, there are a lot of arms involved in this mu- mural of flesh, right? <laughs> yeah. And so... So the arms must have been taken off dead bodies, right? Yeah. But the thing is, dead bodies are your major source of human resources if you're the Night's King, right? That's where you're getting your peeps from. So he's clearly decided that the value of shitting up anybody who happens to be left behind is greater than the thing you lose by having an entire battalion of your army walking around going, I would stab you with the other arm, but himself asked me to chop it off and put it on the wall for some reason. So anyway, <laughs> never mind. You've got, there's going to be a whole division full of people missing an arm, forgetting and throwing punches using ghost limbs for the rest of the battle next week. I like the idea that it's actually just 20 of them, but he's taken both arms off them all. So there's just these 20 <laughs> whites wandering about with them. It's like, your role, and I'll level with you here, is not going to be one of the crack troops. You're not going to be first through the wall, or maybe you are because we need somebody to climb on once you've died. So, well done, lads. Welcome to the revolution. Here we go. <laughs> I'd like it if his lieutenant is um, pointed out as he's making it as well, saying... Um, um, you do know removing these arms means they're less effective fighters, and he just sort of points over at the like fifty thousand like armies. <laughs> I think we can take the twenty. Can, Don't worry about it. We can spare a few for home decoration. You see, that's the problem with you people. You you only think about war. You never think about decor, and that is very sad. Yeah, I don't know what this can mean. I mean, I did see online. Um, I saw two things online actually. One was um, it's a picture of like maybe it's just chicken dippers around a dip. <laughs> I saw That's that as good. well. <laughs> <laughs> um, the other one was uh, a comparison to the Targaryen crest. Um, I, I, I suppose oh. it's a rough approximation of that, but I think you're kind of reaching. Uh, I, I think it yeah, probably means the idea that the Night's else. King has a schooling in heraldry. It's not like he's got Google. You know, he's not got a wiki of ice and fire to go and learn all these things. (laughs) Then the next bit, there's this a bit of sort of classic horror here where there's a tight shot of Tormund talking and you see the kid's eyes open behind him. And then he he sort of does this horrible scream and then sort of tries to go at him with a knife. And Beric then does the flaming sword. And then, and then this, this little kid. The, the start of the creature, if you like, starts screaming as it burns. Again, yeah. just, just just sort of they just dial turn the dial up to sort of ten for the horror yeah. here. Yeah, yeah, and I think they had to do that to remind us all why we're supposed to be scared of the White Walkers. Like mm. to have this kind of really harrowing moment to remind you that these things are awful 
because if you haven't, if it's been a year and a half since your last series, then you've probably forgotten just how horrifying they can be. Hmm. Um, uh, I had a question, though, about... So they've left him here. They've turned him into a white, right? Like, he's got the blue eyes and that. And hmm. they've nailed him to the wall as part of this, as we say, avant-garde mural. And um, But then he's just sort of hanging there as if dead. So hmm. does he get instructions, this kid? Like, he gets raised from the dead... And then the Night King takes him to the side and says, listen, you're going to hang there. I won't lie to you. It's going to be very inconvenient, and you're probably not going to move again after this. But stay with me. Come on. Team player, please. Right. Now, we're going to nail you to the wall. Again, please calm down. And But you're going to stay absolutely motionless until somebody's close enough to you that you can really shit them up. Then you open your mouth and start screaming. All right? Show me. Oh, beautiful. Be- lovely. Brilliant. Oscar-winning performance. Anyway, come here. Come here get the hammer out you know like how does it work why does he only wake up at that point rather than you know making a massive noise the entire time yeah i don't know it's uh, i'm not sure i'm not sure it'll ever be addressed the um something that uh, that i've just thought is again a parallel though is the very first episode uh Yes. When when yeah. there's sort of these these ranges are beyond the wall, this is exactly what happens again, isn't it? There's a little girl yeah. this time who's nailed yeah. up, sort of against this tree, and yeah. it's the it's the way that the sort of the the White Walkers then say like, you know, say we're on our way, we, watch we it, here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they're yeah. sort of, they're sort of doing the same thing here where they've they've left this message obviously for people to come along and see and then then tell um tell everybody else sort of spread the word if you like yeah 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 no yeah yeah totally but it's just you know are they on a timer or something like are they my question are these things sentient and if so how are they given their instructions and if they're not sentient do you sort of wind up a little key in them or something to make them go off at the right time yeah maybe there's a, a motion sensor down the bottom motion there. sensor <laughs> That's really that's what the blue eyes are. See, blue eyes, motion sensors embedded in bright ice blue contact lenses. <laughs> uh, final scene back at Winterfell, a hooded figure gets off a horse. It's Jamie. Um, hey, J- Jamie, ballsy sort of, move, Jim. Yeah, he, he just gets off the horse in the courtyard, looks around uh, as if like, right, going to try and style this one out. Uh, <laughs> not quite sure what kind of reaction I'm going to get, um, <laughs> but I reckon I can do it. I'm gathering up all that famous Jamie Lannister charm. Yeah, and then he sees Bran still stranded in the courtyard, and and thinks, "Shit, this oh. is going to be awkward." He's like he'd been represented with, "Oh, I, do you know I really have done quite a lot of terrible things in my time, haven't I?" <laughs> oh dear. Oh, dear. all right. Well, here we go. And you got hats off to the guy playing Jamie Nikolai Costa Waldau. Yeah. Great job again, fantastic job on like doing that entire journey from the very first episode of the series to now in his face at that moment. That's yeah. like, yeah, great, well done. Yeah, I'd like to see if it just got over to Brandon and been like, uh, still mates though, right? <laughs> <laughs> Bran, hiya, gosh. How are you? <laughs> um, again, with the there's so many um, sort of little links between the very first episode of season one and the first episode of season eight. They sort of they bookended exactly the same way. They yeah. both start with the little boy running 
sort of to, oh, to yes. actually actually the, 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 i think that is the first scene but like that's early on and then the yeah. final scene of course is is bran being pushed out of the window in episode one and the final scene here yeah. is jamie and bran meeting again yeah 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 you're right i hadn't noticed that but that is really good and it's kind of nice as well as a sort of as much affirmation as you ever get from the scriptwriters of game of thrones to be like it was worth it we did know where we were going this isn't lost you know like and Mm. all those structural callbacks are quite satisfying (sighs) that is the end of episode one um all that we have to do now this may be a little sort of this, this might take a while but uh, our <laughs> bonus content for today is going yes. to be going through the game of thrones characters who have survived this far and giving some kind of prediction as to their fate now All right. uh, as i said earlier on this isn't spoilery because we we've done our best to to not come across any anything that I mean, I think I think the series has done quite a good job of keeping it under wraps, but I'm sure if you yeah. try, you can find out stuff online. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and we've done our best not to. So this is just yeah. uh, just complete speculation. But if yeah. if you don't want to risk us accidentally coming across something that actually happens, then maybe this is the time to sort of stop. Uh, but otherwise, come with us into. I don't know what we're going to call it. It's basically our. Um, vague and probably hilariously <laughs> wrong predictions it's um, well it's no longer matt's bunker full of spoilers is it because we've now reached the very edge of we've read and watched every word committed to any type of media canonically about this story universe so we know <laughs> and yet we don't know so it's matt's yeah. bunker full of guesses i suppose it's, it's, it's mystic matt and mystic what, what can we use for you uh dave the diviner <laughs> dave the diviner <laughs> okay i've got right. a list and i'm not gonna lie it's pretty long so we best get cracking on it hit um, me up so I've, I've done it in i've basically taken the um the list of characters from wikipedia um <laughs> and, and i'm gonna do them in sort of ascending order so like the, yeah. the the smaller ones first although strangely the first the sort of the one at the bottom of the list is the night king what do you think is going to happen to him <laughs> oh um I do think he'll get killed at the end of the last episode. Like, I think that that has to be the sort of emotional climax of the thing. Yeah. Um, probably episode six, I would say, out of seven, since we know what Game of Thrones do. It all kicks off in the second to last episode of the series. So well, No, no, there, there are only six episodes this time. Oh, are there? Episode yeah. five, then. Okay, great. You think, you think he's gone episode five? I reckon final episode. So I'm yeah. going to say gone, like dead, episode six. I can't okay. see him surviving, if I'm honest. No. No, no. Um, it would be Ro- very Game of Thrones if he did, but yeah. yeah. Robin Aaron, sweet Robin. Is he still alive? He's still alive, and apparently he's in it at some point. Oh, goodness, no, fuck him, absolutely not. He could die tomorrow for all I care. Like he'll be, he'll be a secondary part of some scheme that's pulled when everybody's pulled together to fight the Night King. There'll be some nonsense involving Cersei and somebody else, and they'll get Sweet Robin in because I don't know. You need somebody to do some high-pitched squealing about something. <laughs> so we'll say dead scheme-related misfortune. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm gonna say dead. I reckon. Yeah, I don't think it. I think it will be like dead by a human hand. Yeah. I don't know how, but. That or he becomes a white and there's some sort of climactic battle between him and, oh, somebody. 
Yeah, yeah, it could be a white. Um, there's a character called Kono. Um, I don't even know who this is, but I'm going to say that they're going to die. You've got the comprehensive list, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kono dies. Don't know when. (laughs) Dead. No idea who he is or she or what. Uh, But we're confidently predicting death. Um, (laughs) Homeless Harry Strickland. Cut price Jenny Um, Lannister. uh, Killed by uh, Euron Greyjoy when he walks in on him and Cersei having it off. Episode two. <laughs> That's what I reckon. Euron kills him because he's shagging Cersei. Yeah. Good one. What about you? I like it. No, I'm, I'm going I'm to say dead, but I reckon just dead off screen. I don't think he's even dead. Gonna off, get he's dead. not going to make it trampled by an invisible elephant off screen. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe he gets set on fire and he's like, if only I had my elephants to put me out. <laughs> That's why we have them. They're not great siege engines. Fantastic fire engines. That's what we've got them for. Yeah, yeah. I'm going for that. Set on fire. No elephants. <laughs> Lyanna Mormont. Oh, uh, no. I tell you what they're going to do with Lyanna Mormont is they are going to turn her into a white. She's going to get whitified during the forthcoming big battle. Oh, uh, which man. we think is happening next episode. And it's going to be awful. And everybody's going to hate him for it. But that's what Game of Thrones does. Whiteified. I, I, I'm going to say Survivor. I reckon she's going to make it, but really, but I, oh, I, no. but I can see yours as well. I can. Yeah. Bronze Yon Royce, the guy who always wears the chest plate. <laughs> oh, Bronze Yon. Oh, I, he's not going to be out there fighting, is he? Um. Uh. I reckon. I reckon there's going to be some political jiggery-pokery which involves Cersei turning up and claiming the right to rule in Winterfell. And he's going to be there going, my lady. He's got <laughs> absolute turncoat. That's what I reckon. <laughs> so you've got to say turncoat, turncoat death? Turncoat death. I reckon, I reckon he's going to be a white. I reckon you're going to see him in a bre- really? white, white in a breastplate. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Easy one for you next. Yeah. Pod. Iron Throne. I actually, <laughs> this kills me because I actually have some more well-worked-out story theories here, but I've been on the pod for the Iron Throne train <laughs> for so long. It, Iron Throne, brackets, A. Like, <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what happens to pod. What do you reckon? Um, I, think, I, don't think, <laughs> I think he'll survive. I do. I do yeah. think he's, he's going to make it. I've got a feeling he's going to get all the way through. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, the Mountain. Uh, oh, Clegane Bowl, obviously. Yeah. Episode four, I reckon. Like, that's what's going on there. He's Him and the Hound are going to meet, and I think they they kill each other. Yeah, I think I think that um, as well. Dolores Ed. Um, survivor. He won't be happy about it, but he'll be one of the ones there at the end. <clears throat> I think... I think he's going to die. I'm sorry. I think I think he's going to die because he's the 999th commander of the Night's Watch. And I kind of think that there's got to be a thousandth They're going to get before to the thousand. series is over. Yeah. You know what? You are right there, aren't you? Okay, fair enough. Maybe sort of some kind of White Walker related... Death. Related death. Um, yeah. Yara. I think we've seen the last of her. I think yeah. she'll... She'll she'll be over on the Iron Islands and then she'll come over and marry Daenerys or something. Yeah, I think just sort of survive just on the Iron Islands, just waiting it out. Yeah. Beric. Um, dies happily having struck 
the killing blow on the Night King. Wow. I think he gets the strike. I think he, with his flaming sword, he's the one. The Night King's in some sort of hand-to-hand combat with uh, with Jon Snow. <coughs> Jon Snow's being overwhelmed. Last shot of episode six, episode five, Don Darian. And then he gets taken out. See, I was, I've, I've thought die, dies White Walker basically because his flaming sword is no good against them because it's uh, it's like it's not valyrian steel and it's not obsidian um, interesting so this is the acid test for the the red god and whether it actually works yeah and i think he's going to find out like stannis that it's not sort of all cracked up to be yeah oh you know that's a solid that's a solid call actually based on stannis you're probably right but i'm so, i think he's going to strike the killing blow but that's just cuz i like him <laughs> here's an interesting one kyburn Oh, oh, absolutely driving a sort of extremely ill-advised pact between the Night King and Cersei. Um, uh, like, Cersei's going to try and get alongside the Night King, and she's going to do it by saying, I've got this weapon that Kyburn has, has uh, designed that lets me kill dragons. Um, mm. And so that's, that's going to be the thing, I think. Kyburn oh. loves the undead, loves the undead. Yeah, is she going to be saying, like, yeah, stick one of your... Um, one of your- one of your javelins in this and yeah. and, and you're done. laughing yeah absolutely yeah uh euron oh goodness i don't know um uh killed during sex with cersei <laughs> i've no idea I've, I've i've not a clue what do you reckon i reckon he's going to be killed by jamie because Jamie finds out yeah. what, what yeah. he's been up to. Yeah. Gilly. I don't think we're going to see her again. Hmm. I, I, th- I think. Did she, did she go to Castle Black with the rest of them, or is she still down south? Yeah, she's at Castle Black with, oh, with, li- right. with Little okay, Sam. Oh, right, okay, all right. Um, uh, then they both definitely get killed by White Walkers. Do you reckon? Let there be no doubt about it. Yeah, game over, man. Game over. Nothing good happens to Sam Tarly. I think she's going to survive. I think both her and little Sam are going to survive, but that's mm. just my hunch. Mel- Melisandre. Yeah. Uh, bloody hell, her as well. No wonder they did the big courtyard scene at the beginning, so that everybody's got a bit of screen time in episode one, <laughs> even if they haven't got a line. Um, loses the jewel that keeps her youthful and that. Um, <laughs> sacrifice dies of old age. Dies of old age. <laughs> Sacrifices herself somehow, somehow, something, something, something to do with getting Don Darian in front of um, in front of uh, the Night's King. I reckon, but I don't mm. think she's going to survive. Sajora Mormont, Burr Island. Um. Oh, all right. Battle Royale, some sort of rumble goes down, breaking mm. up Danny and John, and uh, Mormont decides to try and deal with the situation by going and having a go at John and gets killed. Wow, killed by John? Killed by John. Ah, interesting. I reckon our version is is going to be better than anything they can come up with. <laughs> <laughs> they should have hired us for it, Matt. They should have hired us. Grey Worm. Uh, survives mm. definitely. Um, uh, oh, it goes off with Miss Sande to become Lord of Bear Island or something. 
yeah, I'm 50-50 on Grey Worm, but I'm going to say Survive as well. Um, Gendry. Oh. God, all these characters that are going to get killed before the end of the series. <laughs> um, uh, um, I actually reckon Gendry's a survivor because he makes himself one extra of whatever it was Arya was looking for and he's out there fighting and if Gendry's out there fighting Gendry's out there winning you know what I mean <laughs> yeah I kind of think Gendry's going to somehow survive as well like it's sort of MVP yeah uh, yeah yeah exactly Tormund oh heartbreaking but he's going to die I mean he's he's, he's going to die looking Brienne in the eyes as he's turned into a White Walker do you know mm. what I mean and then she kills him that's what I reckon Oh, so I like that. What do you reckon? Become then? becomes white and then finished off by Brienne. Yeah, yeah. I we I, I wish I'd said that. I think I think that's <laughs> the best one. I'm just gonna say I was I was gonna say died sort of trying to protect Brienne or fighting alongside her. Yeah, um, yeah. Bron. Um, well, this assassination plotline sort of confuses me a little bit. Um. I reckon he turns up ready to do the deed and then sees the White Walkers and all of that doing their thing and decides to fight alongside them anyway and dies at the end having tried to run away. <laughs> That's what I reckon. I think he is going to survive. I've got a sense of sort of... I think he's kind of unkillable. I think he's like a cockroach. <laughs> I think That's if, amazing. I think if everyone else died, I think he'd still be alive. Ron would still be a Bron for the Iron Throne, is what you're saying. <laughs> um, the Hound. Oh, we've said this, haven't we? Clegane Ball. Yeah, Clegane Ball, episode four. Varys. Varys is going to be there forever. Or he's going to sacrifice himself somehow to kill Kyburn. That's what I reckon. Mm. Nerd Ball is what that is. Like people, people with no apparent physical strength, nonetheless. Um, one of those two things, but I lean slightly more towards he survives because that's what Varys does. Survive. I think he's going to die, but I think he's going to die off screen again. And I think they're going to sort of come across him in some sort of gruesome situation. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of think that might be the. I just realised they've not put the dragons on here. Let's do those next. Oh. Um, I mean, I, I can't actually distinguish between the dragons, so, uh, so I might need to do them as a group. Yeah, um, okay, well, let's just say the black one, Drogon, the big one, Daenerys', Daenerys favourite. Oh, Drogon the dragon. <laughs> um, he's the one that stays alive. Okay. I think all the dragons are going to die. Um and I think Drogon's gonna like get shot by like some sort of Cersei related activity. Yeah, no, you, you are right, but I think that's gonna happen to the other one. I think Drogon goes differently. I think Drogon goes down in a battle royale with that massive ice dragon. Okay, so you you don't think he survives? Yeah, thinking it through, I think I think you are right. I think he dies, and I think the way it goes is ice dragon fight, and the <clears throat> and Cersei's. Cersei's ridiculous crossbow takes out the other one, whichever one John was riding this week. Yeah, okay. Well, I think the, I think the same, but the opposite way around. So Dragon oh, gets okay. done run, by run. Cersei. And, and mm. what about what about Ice Dragon? Uh, great question. No idea. 
Absolutely. Oh, no way. Hang on. Cersei's big big crossbow thing gets repurposed to have a um, uh, dragon glass spear on it and uh, takes him out. Hmm. Yeah. With the Night's King show. on top, causing him to fall to the battlefield and then the head to head. Yeah. Although I am now very much drawing on the Battle of Pelennor Fields in Lord of the Rings. But I'm <laughs> yeah, it's by getting it. a bit Lord of the Rings. Bri- <laughs> Brienne. Alive. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Uh, Bran. Um, alive, only because I don't see what killing him would do. Um, or, no, no, dead like episode three or four by some sort of shady underhand something, something, something from the Night King. Because the Night King knows he can fuck him up and he knows where he is. So, mm. uh, so either the Night King comes and gets him somehow, there's some sort of behind enemy lines action, or... Bran, knowing that his presence is the way the Night's King can do what he does, kills himself. Ooh. I like it. I mean, I don't like it, but I like the theory. (laughs) I think that's where it goes, yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to die in some kind of, like, Night King battle, but, like, in his head or something. Yeah, yeah, could be. Sam. I reckon he survives. Yeah, I think he will. I, I've always liked this idea, I don't know where I first saw it, that he survives and writes the history of it and basically turns oh. into George Martin. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> but a, in-universe version. I love that. I, I'm bang on board with that theory now. That's great. He survives and becomes George R. R. Martin. <laughs> uh, Theon. Um sacrifices himself to keep John alive at some point in the battle. Yeah, I've put that sacrifice for a Stark. Yeah, exactly that. That's the whole arc for him, isn't it? Yeah. Missendi. Uh Yeah, like I say, off on Bear Island or whatever, uh, setting up house with, uh, with Grey Worm. I ship yeah, those two. Yeah. I ship yeah. those two pretty yeah, hard. I, th- I need them yeah, to think... settle down into domestic bliss. Yeah. Davos. Oh, yeah, like I say, fireplace, pipe. Job finally done. Generous <laughs> pension from whatever monarch is in place. <laughs> Glass of whiskey. <laughs> I'm going to put that. Survive fireplace pipe whiskey pension. Are <laughs> uh, <laughs> you? Oh, goodness. Um, oh, there'll be some faceless nonsense with whites, won't there? I don't know how she'll do it, but the only reason you spend that amount of time, that endless amount of time setting up that journey to get her those skills is not only so she can kill the phrase in a very pleasing way but so she can do something else but honestly absolute wild card because if she's convinced that Daenerys needs to die she could wear Jon's face and do it although she needs to kill Jon I suppose wouldn't she but mm. you know what I mean like she like yeah like she'll faceless she'll get involved in this political tension between Jon and, and Daenerys and do something faceless in the middle of it so I'm gonna. So you're gonna say wild card for dead or alive? Oh no! Wait, 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 wait. I I, I can take wild card for that one. He's I still reckon got, no, no. Prediction. Cersei. No, she's she's gonna kill. She's gonna try and kill Cersei using some faceless nonsense. She's gonna faceless away in like Euron and or flipping homeless John, whatever he is, <laughs> and um, whatever I forget his name. Um and um. Uh, and she's gonna she's gonna try and kill Cersei, but at the crucial moment, make some stupid mistake like 
like showing herself to be concerned for the well-being of another that shows that she's not your on Greyjoy and she's going to get caught. Mm. Killed. Tortured. If it's Cersei, <laughs> she's, not, she's not keeping her. She's not killing her. She's tortured. So, survive. Yeah. Just. Yeah. Um, Sansa. Oh, wow. Um... It all depends how all of this John and Danny nonsense plays out, doesn't it? But whatever happens, she will make a foolish mistake and probably die. Hmm. That's what I Foolish reckon. mistake. I think she is one of those absolute survivors. I think she's going to make it to the end one way or another. Mm, um, interesting. Yeah. Okay, we're getting to the big ones now. John. He dies at the end of series, at the end of episode five. Episode five, for good. How? No idea. No <laughs> idea. But he's dying at the end of episode five. Uh, yeah, I I kind of think he'll die the last episode. Yeah. Somehow, I don't know. Again, not sure. What about Daenerys? Dies end of episode five. Whoa, both gonna die. Yeah, end of episode I think five. they're both gonna die at the end of episode five. Because I think they're pulled into a war between themselves by this disagreement, which is the same as the war that's been shown to be so pointlessly destructive previously, leading to the rise of who's next on the list? Cersei. Oh, it's Cersei. No, Cersei's <laughs> dead. Cersei's dead. Episode six as well. Um, I reckon. How yeah, I, how how um, did I? Jamie. Yeah, that's exactly what I've said. Yeah, yeah. Cersei Cersei's killed by Jamie for sure. Um, I think Daenerys will survive, and I think she'll survive, and then like end the the sort of the the end sort of the Iron Throne I think she might sort of change the way the whole place is run Constitutional Monarchy Constitutional Monarchy <laughs> with extra dragons <laughs> yeah. she's got to usher in a republic brilliant brilliant <laughs> she's, the last scene is her standing in the throne room saying we hold these truths to be self-evident <laughs> <laughs> that would be it wouldn't it crowd pleasing for the US audience absolutely <laughs> Uh, Jamie uh, kills Cersei, survives. I'd say he takes the black, except I'm not sure the brothers, the Night's, the Night's Watch is still going to exist. Mm. Um, but if it does, then he'll take the black. I think he's going to die in Brienne's arms. Ooh, he's always said he wants to die in the arms of the woman he loves. Oh, a what do you reckon? What do you reckon? Uh, They've added something all the way through. That's solid. That is solid. They they foreshadowed it pretty well, haven't they? Final one. Tyrion. Iron Throne. Whoa. What? With Pod? Iron Throne. <laughs> Iron Throne. Yeah, not not with Pod. So the Pod for the Iron Throne, obviously, for the lulls. But Tyrion, in all seriousness, he's actually a Targaryen, as we know, or probably is anyway. Like this is That's the most solid fan theory since R plus L equals J, and that mm. one's now canon, right? So I reckon Tyrion at some crucial pinch moment 
ends up flying a dragon and ends up and and while John and Danny are having their whatever fight they're having um and and killing killing each other um Tyrion then becomes the only person that can manage these weapons to fly against and he becomes a military hero it's the, it's the battle of the blackwater all over again right where he where they all end up chanting half man half man half man it's that but writ large and he ends up on the on the throne because he's also got a, a valid dynastic claim oh Slipping out. That's what I reckon. Yeah. That came out Tyrion of Tyrion for the Iron Throne. Um, what do you reckon? Well, I just think he's going to survive. <laughs> <laughs> In uh, less detail. I think he'll be... If, if if we go down the sort of Daenerys breaks the wheel as it ends, like, yeah. the... Uh, ends this sort of... the sort of um, dictator monarch... I think he'll be the sort of figurehead of whatever comes next. I think that's what yes. that's, that's his that's his arc. But right. we shall see. He's got the brains to do it, and he's talked yep. about it in the yep. past. Remember, like the last season, he was yep. like, "What happens when you die? You know, we've got other systems of government. You got the Iron Islands, okay, not the best, but you know, kind of democratic. <laughs> it exists." <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, that's that's what I think. Okay, I enjoyed that. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun as we see what happens over the next few episodes, just comparing yeah. reality, or, you know, yeah. show reality, with, um, yeah. with our, with our, our predictions. bold predictions. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Probably. You want to make your own predictions, you are more than welcome to. Podcast at gmail.com is the email address to send them into. Dave, we're close to two hours. It's time. <laughs> it's, it's time. time to call it a night. That's <laughs> uh, so, brilliant. Until next week. Until uh, next week. Goodbye.